Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I am really excited about today's topic, actually. So looking forward to diving in on this one. I am, too. We get a lot of requests for this topic. And sometimes you and I can be a bit fussy about tackling, I don't know, thornier or nuanced topics. And maybe it's our own inflated sense of self-importance. Like we've got to arrive with the most wisdom when really like we're just talking through it. We, we don't. We're, we're just we don't, yeah. like everybody else. We're just like everybody else. And of course, what we're talking about today is kind of how we feel about um, our bodies, body acceptance, body positivity, um, and not even necessarily as that relates to things like weight or size or anything like that, because there's lots of ways to feel weird about yourself and lots of parts of yourself. Um, but I guess what we're talking about today is the physical manifestation of our human spirits. <laughs> Which is funny because this is a podcast where people do not see us while right. they while they listen. And the number of times people have caught us later on social media and said, oh, I thought Sarah was the blonde one and Megan was the brunette or I didn't know who was taller. It's kind of cool, actually, that podcasting is um, it, I don't know. It it places a veil yes. <laughs> in front of our physical forms, but not today, friends. No, we're, we're going to we tell you all about it. We are not just voices. We have corporate. What's the word? Corporeal. 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 There we corporeal. go. Corporeal. Um, we are going. I'm going to tell you about how I'm incredibly fit and um, in the best shape of my life, <laughs> and also like a model, basically like an 11 out of 10. That's me. Sure. I mean, I sure. can't speak for you, Sarah. Okay. Um, we when we started kind of throwing around this idea, we were like, oh, did we talk about this recently? I think we did once. And it actually, it was episode 99. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time ago. The episode's almost six years old. And yeah. 
I know we went both went back and listened to parts of it just to kind of reacquaint ourselves with what we thought about ourselves in those days. And um, I think it's important to note that we neither one of us was 40 yet. I was just no. shy of my 40th birthday and you were a few years out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so let's just kind of set the stage of where we were when that episode was recorded. Yeah. And I, I want to say, too, I think we titled it Body Confidence in Motherhood or something, which even that is a little funny, like a little presumptuous <laughs> to me. I think there was a Good lot luck. of post, like, <laughs> yes, best, best of luck to you. Um, if I recall, and from what we listened to, there was quite a bit about like postpartum body stuff, yes. right? Which is so funny because mm-hmm. that now feels so far in the rear view for us, but not, right. not necessarily for listeners. So yeah, yeah. What, what stuck out to you when you listened? Well, I actually just to add to that, I think if you are more in that stage of like just had a baby in the last few years, I would definitely go back and listen to that one because, um, you know, after you hear this conversation, I don't think you have to go back and listen first or anything, but it just, we talk a lot about that and that like struggling to adjust with your, um, to who you are after having babies, as Mm -hmm. opposed to who you were before. And now we're coming back and we're in our forties and things are very different. Like it's a whole new stage of adjusting. Mm -hmm. So I guess I would say when we did that episode, um, I had just had a pretty good run looks wise. I think my thirties were pretty good to me better than my twenties. I think in my twenties, I just didn't like, I was so bogged down in kid life um, that I didn't think about how I was dressing. I didn't really think about my hair. I didn't really think about, I just didn't, I don't know what I was doing in my twenties. And I think in my thirties, I had a good run where I was kind of like conventionally hot. (laughs) For a little uh-huh. while. I mean, uh-huh. it sounds terrible to say, because what does that even mean? And it's I, I think I've always been just a very normal looking person, but I had like a cool haircut and I could pull off um, younger looking fashion. So yeah. it was kind of like conventionally hot is totally the wrong way to say it. But I just I had a good run in my like mid 30s. And to jump in, like in case newer listeners aren't tracking your age and the age of your kids, yeah. you were done having kids you had had five kids between the age of 20 and 32. So yeah. when a lot of moms are maybe like right in the thick of their um, body changing pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum years, you were actually done and still settling a useful, in a yeah. youthful <laughs> yes. young thirties. Yeah. And I had very good skin. Um, then in my later thirties, I did gain some weight um, and that happened rather quickly. And I think it was kind of a combination of a lot of factors. Um, being done breastfeeding, age, hormones, all those things. Um, and I really struggled to adjust to the new version of me. And it wasn't like a ton of weight. I I've never really been heavy. It just was not what I was used to and had been, had like, had considered myself always someone who was just kind of skinny. Like I didn't really think about it. I just was, and I had to settle into that. And, and now what I think is so interesting is six years later, um, the things, and we'll talk more about this later in the episode, but the things that bugged me then often aren't even on my radar now, or they're on my radar in a totally different way mm-hmm. um, than they were then. I also was dealing with a lot of sort of the, I still had really defined stretch marks, things like that. Like we're like that baby body was mm-hmm. very fresh and now it's much older. <laughs> it's much less fresh than it was uh, <laughs> much like the rest of me. So yeah, like, as soon as you settle into one thing, it feels like something else crops up. But a lot of the things we talked about in that episode, I have sort of settled into. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really actually cool exercise to think about like what were the, the body related 
things I was fixating or fussing about five years ago, six years ago, and how do I feel about them now? I I always find those exercises useful for thinking about future. Like, what am I fussing about today that is just not going to matter in five years? So for me, when I listened back to parts of that episode and also thought about where I was, um, I was newly 37 and I was a couple years out from being, well, I was four years out from being done having babies, but really just two years out if you count like postpartum and breastfeeding and and all of that. So I was really still settling into, okay, this body is definitely done for me. I was done having children. Um, I remember at that time being um, much more uh, interested in finding like a quote unquote workout that I liked. I did a lot of like, we did a lot of episodes then about going to the gym and like yep. um, classes. I was like always trying to think like, what is the work? What is the fitness thing that I'm going to do now that my kids are in they're all in preschool or school. And that is funny to me now because I truly, I think I've kind of not, <laughs> I'm not given up, but I think of movement and fitness already very differently just six years later. Like, I think I was really working from a paradigm of either maintaining a certain weight or maintaining a certain look. Like I would never go to a big gym now the way I did mm-hmm. then. And I didn't mm-hmm. even like it then, but I was trying to like it. And now I truly think about things like stretching and walking and movement. And, oh yeah, I should probably do some weight bearing things because I'm 43, et cetera. So very different thinking about my body in movement six years ago to now. Um, I also just want to mention, because it occurred to me that I was living in Orange County at the time that that episode was recorded. Before that, I had spent 10 years in Scottsdale and now I live in Santa Barbara. And I will just say that the culture around you of how bodies look and how women's bodies, I don't know, move through the world, at least for me, really impacts the way I see my own. And I think that can be a good thing or a kind of toxic thing. Um, I'm just going to apply really broad generalizations for a second. Both Scottsdale and Orange County um, are known for a more um, hot, like, I mean, high maintenance, not as an insult to the women who are engaging in the beauty in the seeking of beauty, but like in the beauty, (laughs) but like an actual, it is actually a high level of maintenance required to look like women do a lot of women do in both Arizona. And, and, and when that is the cultural norm around you, even if you're not like, you know, going to the plastic surgeon every other month or having expensive highlights put in your hair or going to Pilates 80 times a week, even if you're like, no, I'm not like that it's pretty insidious how the norm around you can shape what you expect your own body to look like and be able to do. And I will just say, I'm really just delighted to be living in an area that is a little bit more outdoorsy, a little bit more, um, less ageist for sure. We're going to talk about gray hair later, but there are so many women with naturally graying hair where I live, um, with a much more natural and functional and, um, movement and, nature approach to body and beauty. And I just feel, I feel super lucky. I mean, I feel lucky 80 million times a day to live where I live, but that I never really thought about that till right now. Um, I love that. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit about how the culture around body, um, acceptance and positivity and all that. Has it changed in what way has it changed? I think that what you're describing on a geo geographic locational area also can be applied to the, what you surround yourself online. 
Um, oh yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of influences, influencers are you exposing yourself to? I know I was going to mention this later, but I'll just talk about it now. One of the kind of traps I fell into when I started seeking out content more for midlife women was like the hot midlife mom influencer, uh -huh. which is its own level of, you know, potential toxicity. And I'm not saying that like people shouldn't talk about their workouts or their, um, the things that they do to stay fit. I mean, that's all great. And like fitness is a, is a really good thing for our bodies and our abilities to do the things that we want to do and be energetic and not injure ourselves and all that is great. But there can sometimes still be a very, af uh, what's the word? Not as it's like aspirational, mm -hmm. but you mix it up with inspirational because these look like real people. It looks like it could be you and it still could be insidious. I also think, um, it can be like that in yoga, just like it can be, I'm uh -huh. sure in dance and like you yep. follow, we both follow people in those worlds. Um, not only the way they look, but the way they can do the things they can do with their bodies and the way their bodies look while they're doing those things. And I don't know. And I also think sometimes like I live in an area where you can kind of go either way. I wouldn't say Southwest Michigan is like a bastion of high maintenance, hot moms everywhere. Right. But there certainly are pockets of that if you're looking and you can certainly, there are certainly gyms that have that vibe more than others yeah. and all kinds of things. So when I was saying in my thirties, I, I know one of the things I was talking about in that episode was that well into my thirties, I could still kind of pass for being in my twenties. And that was really fun for a little while, but there's a lot of pressure with that. Cause yeah. if you could pass, then why aren't you, you know, if, if you could look like you're 25, then probably you should. Right. And now I just can't anymore. And there's actually a lot of relief in that. Like uh -huh. there's a relief in just not having to think about it and just letting it go entirely. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. 
Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So before we start talking about what body positivity or acceptance means to us, at least, I guess we should talk about what it doesn't mean. And I'll just rattle off a few things and you can jump in if any of these sound like something you want to comment on more. But I mean, it definitely does not mean you love absolutely everything about the way you look at all times. So even if you have, you know, achieved body acceptance, like, I don't even know, like, what you do, you get a medal? I don't know. Yeah, that it doesn't necessarily mean that's because you actually like everything about the way you look. That's just n- not realistic. No, I think yeah. it actually more means you're in, I think of it like a, as a, like a relationship, like yeah. a positive relationship with your body. But in relationships, <laughs> you have good days and you have bad days. You have misunderstandings. Right? You have, you know, I guess we could take that metaphor more far, but yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, it also doesn't really have to necessarily be about your body in the way we tend to think about your body, which is, your weight, your size, how mus- you know, muscled you are or aren't. Um, it could be like your face, your hair, your hands, your posture. I mean, there's so many ways we relate to the physical manifestations of ourselves that I think it's just important to point out that somebody could be walking around with what we would call a like, you know, gym perfect body and still dislike something about their themselves. And so it's not, it's not one of these things where it's so easy to think like, well, they've got nothing to worry about or right. they look great. What could they possibly um, not like about themselves? And I'm pretty sure everybody has something. Yep. Agree. So let's just then get really real and talk about some of the things we've struggled with. So Sarah, when you think back to the way you felt about your body or, you know, your, yourself um, in your twenties and thirties, is there anything new in your forties that you weren't thinking about then. And was there anything back then that you didn't like that you've truly come to accept or even just don't think about anymore? Cause I think yeah. that's really when you've, you've achieved true acceptance is when you've stopped worrying about it. Well, yeah. And that's, like I said, at the top of the show, that's what's so instructive for future. It's like, Oh, yeah. right. I'm not going to if I'm not going to care about this in five years, why, like, why am I spending so much time on it now? Um, so I think something that is newer in my forties is I will catch a glimpse of myself in a mirror or photos or video and really be kind of shocked and not in a good way at the way my posture and carriage looks very different than it did 20 years ago. I was a dancer. So I was always, I identified as someone with really good posture and really (laughs) upright, erect, like carriage, um, Mm -hmm. like in a way that really went all the way through to almost my personality. Like I was always described as being like really alert and kind of eager. And like, here I am, I'm, I'm standing up straight. I sit with my back really straight when I drive. And I just think that has changed the farther away I've gotten from a dance career, obviously, but also, I guess, I don't know, gravity, a more sedentary work life, like, mm-hmm. um, and probably a lot of like slumping forward over your computer or phone, yes, computer and yeah. phone holding and, um, 
We have a mutual friend, Zena Dalla, who you interviewed for your Mother of Reinvention podcast, who's a real life friend of mine from Orange County, who's a specifically she started out in fitness and, and Pilates and then specifically became a posture like specialist. And when I was like friends with her, that was like in my early 40s, started thinking like, oh, my gosh. And I think I even mentioned on this show, like one of my intentions last year was awareness around posture. And I didn't I didn't really do anything about that. So that is something I feel a little I don't know if self-conscious is the right word, but but unpleasantly shocked when Mm. I realized that I don't have the carriage that I used to. And that's so funny because that has nothing to do with weight or size, but is very much about how I move through the world. Um, So that's a newer one. Um, also newer, um, my butt just doesn't look the way it used to. And oh my gosh, Sarah, look at my number two on the outline. <laughs> it's exactly, I had, I didn't even look at yours. I didn't know that was going to be yours. In our outline, mine says <laughs> saggy butt and yours says squishy butt. <laughs> so this can be our, our, um, like our nicknames from now on, saggy yep. and squishy. You know, this is only a one hour episode. We don't need to go into the the butt too much, but I will say I genetically, I have pretty good genes in the haha in the butt department. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think I didn't appreciate how much genetics was at work and youth was at work. And yeah, it just doesn't, just, just doesn't it just doesn't do what it same. used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like things that were bothering me that don't in that very episode, episode 99, I spent a good amount of time talking about feeling self-conscious about how gray my hair was and how it was like this tension of now I really have to step up the maintenance if I'm going to not look gray at 37. And so the good news there is I did step up the maintenance. I had several years of figuring out how to color my hair regularly. I even enjoyed it. I will say. So I actually, I got to a, a place of accepting how I wanted to be with gray hair for a few years. And then last fall, so at 42 and a half, I just literally like without hemming and hawing, I just decided I was done. And so I've been growing out my gray and I feel great about it. And, and I really like feel at this place where I I really don't care if it makes me look older or if people think it makes me look older. Um, well, because let's just be honest, it will, right? It will. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, That's part and of I the really deal. don't care. And I right. don't mean that in like a, like, a, I don't care, but you just like, just don't really, right. Really I truly don't. don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, that's been a great acceptance embracing. Um, I will say something that is exactly the same level of just never loving about myself is I don't love the way my legs look in shorts. And I haven't loved the way my legs look in shorts since I was about, I don't know, 16 years old. Um, and I, I just, it's like the same level that it always has been, but it's just, that's just something I carry with me. I don't spend a ton of time on it, but it's just a truth. And I think that it's important to note then that because that's been with you for so long, it has absolutely nothing to do with your muscles and your legs, your fitness routine, your weight, nothing. It's just you, something about the way your legs are built, like structurally. Yeah. You just aren't thrilled about in shorts. Um, okay. I want to quickly talk about the fact that you for almost six years now then, or then were not liking the gray hair or like struggling with what to do about it. Yeah, I had to spend energy because I didn't like the way it was naturally. So I was fighting. I was fighting. But most of us on the outside would have had no idea. In fact, I was really surprised when I went back and listened to that episode to hear you talking about your grace and realize how long it had been. Because for me, 
it wasn't a thing until you said it was a thing. And then I'm like, oh yeah, she does have gray. And then, oh, there it is. Like, so mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, it's just an example of how we blow up our own flaws or the things that we struggle with. And they're much bigger in our own minds than they typically are yes. in other people's. Ultimately, I think it's, it was like, a. this is true of all things we do to our bodies. It was a choice of time and resources. And I, yeah. for a long time, was choosing to spend time, money, and resources to not have the gray hair that I naturally had. And I, I'm at peace with the fact that that was my decision. I'm not. But then at a certain point, I just wasn't. Like, yeah. I'm just, now I'm done with that phase of spending time, money, energy, resources, emotional labor, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I also wanted to, um, mention with the posture carriage, um, alignment. I I just re-listened actually to that episode with Zena of mother of reinvention a few days ago. And she calls what she does. It's in the general umbrella of what's called corrective exercise, which I just think is interesting. It's like, Mm -hmm. it kind of applies to a lot of things. And I have thought lately I would, I have no interest in being like a fitness instructor. Like you would never see me teaching a Zumba class or something like that. But if there was anything I was going to get very interested in, it would be functional movement. Just like the movement that keeps you able to live life um, and move your body. Lower pain. Yeah. 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 I do think in our forties, like I can't really speak for you, Sarah, but definitely I've noticed that I things affect me differently. A bad night of sleep, um, my head being on the pillow, weird, turning my face too fast to look over my shoulder (laughs) to back out of my driveway, like things like that. And then it's, it doesn't, you don't just bounce back from it. It takes a while. So, um, that's definitely something that makes it sound so old, but it happens fast, I guess is what I'm getting at. And I have a a book from a, a yoga instructor. I really like her name is, Oh, Donna Far, some, I can't think of her last name. It starts with an F. I'll look it up and we can put it in the show notes. Okay. But she makes some comment somewhere early in the book, like, if you can sit, stand, lie down, roll over and get up with ease or something like that, you're good. Everything else is just play. Like all the yeah. other things you do when you work out or do yoga or whatever yeah. is just like playing with that and adding on. But really, what is the goal of movement? It's to be able to do those things with ease. Yes. And, um, that's definitely now my, my new, my new uh-huh. version of like a midlife, uh, fit mom. Yeah. Um, lifestyle would be all of those things. So I'm going to answer the same question for me, the newer things. So six years ago, I was definitely not dealing with things like droopy eyelids. Um, I wasn't dealing with saggy, weird kneecaps. The, the skin on my neck now is doing this weird thing. And I'll tell this story because I don't think I've told this on the show before about Jenna and Missy and I. Have yeah. I? I told it to no, you. I, I know it personally. I don't so think the you three have. of us, every year we go on like a, uh, my two high school besties. We're all around the same age. We, we go on, on a little weekend together. We've been doing this for a long time. And last summer, I was blow drying my hair in the bathroom <laughs> And it was one of those really good blow dryers that blows really hard uh-huh. and accidentally pointed it at my neck <laughs> and the skin on my, on my throat went like, <laughs> and I screamed and I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys come in here. So Jenna and Missy run in and then I made them do it. So we are all just like pointing the hair dryer at our necks and hysterically like laughing, like so hard. We're crying. 
Yes, I am crying right now it, from laughing so hard. So ridiculous. I'm just so glad I was with them when I made that very unpleasant discovery. So anyway, those things, it's it's funny how it doesn't seem like that much life has gone by in, say, a three-year or a five-year period. And then you look at yourself <laughs> in a picture and you're like, wow, yep. time really does a number on you faster than you would think. Um, I won't say too much about my butt. I will just say that when I gained that little bit of weight in my 30s, I was still in my 30s. And I actually loved how my butt looked because, you know, that was when the bigger butt thing started to become, it was a thing and, and it was high and it was really good. And now what I've noticed is if I stop exercising for even a short period of time, it goes down and out. Like it, my underwear will start to squish it and creates a very unappealing look. So I (laughs) I can still get it back in pretty good shape if I work pretty hard on like butt lifting kind of exercises, which a lot of yoga stuff just does that. I don't have to think about it. That's not my goal, but it just happens. But if I stop for even a short period of time, it it's down and out, it's down, <laughs> and up. That. down and up, down and all around. Um, okay. Now here's a good one. I, the other day was, I don't know, walking around without a shirt on looking for my bra or something. And just letting things hang out. And then I realized that I have completely stopped worrying about the size or the shape or the location of my boobs. I mean, you hope that they are like, they're still, still on attached my chest, to your body. But I mean, the yeah. relative height yeah. of them. Right. Sure. I spent so much time. Well, first of all, I was very, very small chested until after I had kids. And I actually think it was after I had Isaac that they really became like a like a solid B to C cup before that they kind of were like A to B ish. And before that, before kids, they were like triple A's. Um, but I spent so much time in my twenties and thirties, like trying to make them look lifted, firmer, higher. I, I worried about what they looked like under t-shirts and sweaters. I spent a lot of time thinking about my bras and honestly, I don't think about them anymore. I, it's kind of a, Oh, and like the nipple size after having babies and like, are they the same size? And, Segginess and all of that. And I just don't think about that anymore, anymore, hardly at all. I choose bras for comfort. If I'm going to wear like a cute negligee or something, I like it to like hold things in and up. I'm not completely not caring, but I don't spend really any time lamenting the state of my boobs anymore. And that's a big, that's a big, a lot of progress because I spent two decades doing that. And I think at some point you're just like, well, Short of surgery, nothing's going to, you can't work out your boobs. Like you can't exercise them. So nothing's going to happen. (laughs) This is like as good as it gets. I should appreciate what I have today. Um, I'm also not really worried about stretch marks anymore. And I was very obsessed with stretch marks in my twenties and thirties, which, because I got them when I was pregnant with Jacob at 20 and they were very distinct and very like purpley and angry looking. So those don't bother me. They're now kind of silvery and I don't really worry about them. Um, but still the same as like the loose skin around the stretch marks. And what is hard about those is that when you gain or lose weight, it kind of changes the way they look. So that loose skin doesn't go away because you lose weight. It just gets hangier, but nor does it look better if you gain weight necessarily, because then you can see it through clothes. So it's like that part. I probably won't ever be a hundred percent happy with just being honest. It's probably the part of my body. I've thought the most about surgically altering if I had endless money and didn't care about recovery. 
Yeah. But I don't and I do. So yeah. probably they're just with me to stay. Yeah. I think we should say too, or I'll speak for myself. I like I'm very aware as we have this conversation that the things I quote unquote don't like about my body are there is nothing inherently wrong with either of our bodies. We are no. <laughs> we have been given a framework for beauty and size yes. that was designed not by us or by women and not recently. So I, I feel in general hopeful about the way this conversation, not just our conversation today, but the, the larger cultural conversation is very slowly moving, but I just, in case it needs to be said out loud, right. These are arbitrary standards that there, that are not like our bodies are, are, they're just bodies. They're neutral. They're not, um, does this make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah, like there, no. I, there's and, some and if you patriarchy look back at work time, here. There's yes, some, there's yeah, some patriarchy. Yeah. If you look over time and you like look at what images of female beauty looked like 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, it it can sometimes be almost like unrecognizable compared to what we now see. And fashion doesn't help either. I mean, right. you can't cover anything up anymore the way you right. could have a hundred years ago. And and just our standards, you know, with with the ability to age on our own terms, um, with that comes pressure and more options with more options comes yep. more pressure to use those options. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm also hopeful, Sarah, I have to say, sometimes I feel a little bit like it's two steps forward, three steps back, because I think while we continue to talk about what beauty is and, and changing the industry around it and everything else. It's like, that's one side of the conversation, but the ability to have, you know, let, us, let me think how to put this, the way we're marketed diets and, yeah. um, beautifying procedures and uh, like all of those things, I don't think is lessening at no, all. You're right. There's just other voices we could listen to if we want to. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's a, it's a noisy, it is a noisy landscape right yeah. now. Um, yeah. for sure. I guess I just, yeah. Um, coming back, I'll just use the the example of my legs and shorts and how I've never liked them. Like there is nothing wrong with my legs and shorts. And I've never even thought about your legs right. and shorts, but that is because I have an image of longer, leaner, more toned, whatever that that didn't come from any inherent like functionality of legs or like, so there's so much of that here. I don't know. I guess I just feel like if we're going to say what we don't like about our own bodies, I want it to be clear that that's not our body's fault. That is the fault of societal expectations that kind of stink. And we sometimes also get ideas in our head at a young age that then lodge in. they're all coming from someplace. They're not coming from a vacuum or from our actual bodies, but we might've gotten an idea from an actress that we liked or like a magazine spread we saw in the eighties or something that informed some, some view we took forward and that locked in that. Yes. So very, I'm glad you brought that up because it's easy to launch into a a list of things we don't like, but what does that even mean and why, and why don't we? This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. 
When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Sarah, so then let's talk about what body positivity or acceptance is to us. Um, I mean, I guess for me, it's like this journey toward loving yourself wholly regardless of what is happening in your body, because the thing is, this is never going to change. So like you were saying before, um, the ways that we feel about the way our body looks is societally influenced and isn't in any inherent problem with their body. I do think as I'm getting older, sometimes it's the way my body feels. Yeah. And that's not necessarily societally influenced. Like if my back hurts, it just hurts. Correct. And yeah. I need to learn how to accept that that's part of the experience of being human. Right. And so I guess even if we did learn to love everything about ourselves for a day, like everything's going well, the hair falls into place the way we want it to. We're having a good skin day, but not saggy or droopy or squishy today and nothing hurts like that's going to change eventually as well. Uh-huh. And then we'll have to deal with that. So it's like. Oh, that's a lot, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So do you think then that the positivity is sort of like body positivity to you is accepting the constant nature of change? Is that how you would define it? Yeah. And and I will say, I think yoga has helped a lot with that. Um, A good yoga instructor, I believe, will often remind you that the way you're showing up on the mat today is just today and do not compare it to yesterday and will give you lots of, um, uh, I don't want to say outs cause that's the wrong word, but like lots of opportunities to listen to what your body is telling you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's no better if today, you know, your balance is off today, your balance is off. It doesn't mean it'll be off tomorrow. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not worthy and valuable. It just means right. that your balance is, you're, you're a little shaky today. Okay, yeah. try it anyway and keep showing up in the world anyway. And I think that to me is like knowing this body is um, 
lovely, but imperfect. And it's what I have. It's the vehicle that's carrying me through life mm-hmm. and caring for it. Yeah. However that looks. Yeah. Um, I just kind of mostly want to second all of that. And I was thinking what you said about the sit, stand, roll over. Yeah. But let's, let's review that again. Okay. Sit up, lie down, roll over. And I should probably make sure that I have that correct before we quote her, because it was actually much more eloquently said, but it's like the basic form. It's the basic stuff you need to do to get through a day. You need to be Mm -hmm. able to like lie down, sit up, stand up, roll, you know, get up from a sitting position off the ground, like things like that with ease. With ease was the part that I liked, you know? Yes. Without having it take away from the experience of kind of living life. So I think that is such a foundational way to think about it It sort of strips away everything else like gray hair and baggy butts etc I I would just add that I think what body positivity is to me is something I said earlier which is kind of a conversation or a relationship between the you that isn't a physical form so you can call that your you know your thinky thoughts your mind your spirit um and the physical Form. And I feel like if I think of that as a nurturing relationship, a um, mutually like generous relationship, then there's going to be ups and downs. And there are going to be days where the thinky thoughts are really mean to the physical form and say, yeah. like, you look ugly or why can't you do that? But if those are if those are handled in the same way we would handle like a spat between another loving, caring relationship. It's like, okay, we repair. That's not the way we want to treat each other. How can we show up? So I think that's just what I would add is that's a helpful, um, a helpful way for me to think about it because we can almost sometimes by, by current society be shamed into body positivity. Does that make sense? Like you are not allowed to have um, a critical thought about yourself. You're not not allowed allowed to change anything either. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But if we're on the same team, the the thinky thoughts and the physical form, and we're just going, we're, we're working toward a healthy relationship rather than like never being out of sync because even in relationships, people are out of sync sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I love that way of looking at it. And I think that 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 relationship between yourself and your body can be really life changing for a lot of us who have a lot of disordered thinking around what our body is and isn't. Um, one of the blessings of being in my forties and I'm sure when my fifties, I'll say I will dig into this even deeper and, and on and on as I get older is, is really moving toward function as my mm, like benchmark for how the relationship my body and I have, let's just say like, is it functioning in a way that's supportive of me and my goals and the things that I want to do. And if you're a younger mom with little kids, you can also say like, what is this body that I have allow me to do? Did it allow me to give birth to babies or feed babies? Is it allowing me to run after my toddler at the park? Is it allowing me to, um, I don't know, is my acceptance of it allowing me to get in the pool with them in front of a whole bunch of other people or whatever it, it is, yeah. um, give me energy. It's not even just about like how it looks, but do I have the energy to get through a day and feel good about my efforts as a mom? And then as we get older, I think it starts to shift a little bit into, do I feel good about the way I'm moving through the world? And like, mm-hmm. am I, am I fully enjoying, um, am I fully, 
uh, taking advantage of everything that this life has to offer, which is hard to do if you hurt or can't move well or get tired really easily. And those are all things that happen to us as we get older. So we can only change them insofar as our bodies and environments allow, but it's, it's, it's for me, the goal becoming the goal. Yeah. I love that. Well, since we spent some time before, you know, talking about our squishy butts and things like that, let's talk about a couple of things that we really like about our corporeal, corporeal beings. I can't say that word. Corporeal beings. There you go. Um, And then just say if those would have been things that would have been on your radar when you were younger. Yeah. Well, the first one that came to mind for me is my skin on my face is better in my early 40s. Or I, maybe I'm not even early 40s if I'm turning 43, kind of whatever this is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mid earlys. Um, then it was in my late 30s. So I know this is not going to, again, back to your comment about this is an ever changing thing. Um, I know that skin is going to cha- continue to change a lot in my 40s, but I started taking better care of my skin in my really like maybe 38, 39, probably less than five years ago since recording that last episode. Um, at that time, I all through my 30s, all through my adult life, I had that kind of not acne, but when it's very light bumps on your forehead, mm-hmm. um, they'd come and go hormonally. They were mostly noticeable just to me, but it wasn't smooth. And it was a very light is probably something I just could have seen a dermatologist about, but it wasn't that bad either. It was just the way my forehead skin was. And then in my late 30s, I started getting raging hormonal pimples, just one per one per hormone cycle, but they would be crazy. The kind of pimples that would erupt, bleed, you'd pick. I mean, it was like over your face. Yes. And always in the chin, the chin general region, which I think that's, those are the ones that are typically hormonal. So none of those things were like life altering. My skin has always been fine and not something I've hugely struggled with, but I actually really like my skin. Now my 43 year old skin, I feel like, I feel like it looks good. I'm happy with it. I, I, I wear sunscreen. I wear some makeup. I don't struggle with different like issues. And I'm just, I realize that's not going to last forever, but I'm just saying it out loud. I'm, I'm into it. I like it. Well, I think your skin looks great. I know it's something that we've talked about. Um, I guess a lot between you and me over the last few years. And I would never have noticed that you had little bumpies on your face or that you had a zit. But again, you're the one living in your body. Yeah. So you get to be the one noticing the yeah. stuff you don't love. And I think I didn't expect to feel better about my skin at 43 than I did at 37. I just assumed right? like once the crow's feet, the little wrinkles, et cetera, like it's just sort of gradually like aging is what you hear, quote unquote aging. But I, I might like I think objectively my skin is better healthier and looks better now than it did five or six years ago. Well, I have two that are kind of silly, okay. but I think it's kind of fun to, to point out silly things. Um, my feet do not really age. They have looked kind of the same, <laughs> um, since I was young and I take really good care of my feet. I, I definitely, um, give myself heel and toe scrubbings and I keep my toenails painted. I will say my toenails now without toenail paint, toenail paint, without, yeah, toenail polish are starting to look a little weird, but I think that's because (laughs) I've had consistent nail polish on my toenails now for so long. And I dropped a full uh, wine bottle on my toe like 
four years ago and it messed my toenail up, but we don't need to talk about that too much. When my toenails are done, I really like how my feet look. They almost look untouched by time, which is, I mean, probably because they're in socks most of the time or in shoes and they are more of, of all the body parts I have yeah. that are out. They probably get the least sun and the least, you know, wear and tear. Yeah. So um, I like those. I also really like my eyebrows. Now, here's an example of something that there have been so many trends since I started paying attention to makeup trends, let's say, around eyebrows. Um, in the 80s, like in the late 80s still, they were very thick. Yep. And then they were very thin. And then they were very, very thin with like a really pronounced arch. And then they kind of, I don't know, went in and out. Now they're really thick again. But most of the time, they're not people's real eyebrows. They're microbladed or whatever. I have done nothing to my eyebrows my entire life. They are rather blonde. They have a nice arch in them. I can, I do brush them and shape them. Sometimes I'll use a gel and on a very, very occasional um, and very rare occasion, I will use a little eyebrow pencil. But for the most part, my eyebrows are just my eyebrows. And I, I guess when they were, when like the trends were happening, when I was younger, I was too busy with mom stuff to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad I never tweezed them or, you know, did that full look. Um, and then by the time this newer trend kind of came around, I felt like I didn't care anymore. So I missed it. Like I missed all the eyebrow trends. Right. And I'm okay with that. I really like that I just have natural eyebrows and that they're just mine. And they're my yeah. face is just through the eyebrow frame. It's just my face. I really like that too. And what like what a cool exercise to just be like, thank you, eyebrows. Right. There you are showing my expressions on top of my <laughs> head. And like um, huh? there they are. They're just doing they're just there to be a frame around, you know, over my eyes and do their job. And I don't need to, and that's not to criticize at all. People who have either their eyebrows done, I know that's a trendy thing. And I just never have. And at this point, I probably never will. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, Sarah, you mentioned earlier that you felt like there were some changes happening in the greater, let's say, momosphere or even culturally about body acceptance, body positivity. I think I was a little less optimistic than you, um, which maybe isn't fair. I do think the messages, I think, have been there for a long time. I think there are new, more influential messengers and more of them getting that message out. But I also think, you know, one of the things we talked about in our episode from six years ago was how different it is if you were at at the time, if you were like a younger mom then, than maybe it had been for younger moms 20 years earlier when there weren't, people didn't have smartphones, for example. Now, if anything, that is even more like the the amount we all expect ourselves to show up on social media with our faces and bodies a lot like all the time right. has done nothing but gotten more and more and more so i wonder how you feel about that change and how that's informing the conversation well that's a really good point so you're saying that like our the pressure to um be to perform physically yeah. um is is more pressure and more eyeballs on us physically which then combined with these like very narrow societal definitions of beauty is just problematic and tricky yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. I, yeah I, I think, I think you're right. I guess what I am hearing more, and this could totally be a, which voices am I paying attention to and how am I yeah. like curating content? 
for myself, I am hearing a lot more nuanced discussion around, um, I guess, fat shaming, not fat shaming, um, including bodies of all abilities, uh, yeah. showing bodies and celebrating bodies, not just of all sizes, but also all colors, shapes, abilities. Now that could, that could just be trendy and popular and lip service. And I realized that the, the, the real work is in actually hiring those bodies and showing right. those bodies. And I was, I was feeling sort of optimistic. That could be because it's, it's a newer awareness for me. Um, but I have appreciated, I guess, expanding my, just, just like checking my own biases and like having my own thinking challenged over the last few years. So that's where my optimism came from is I guess I'm seeing some conversations that weren't even on my radar before, but I'm also admitting that that's perhaps just evidence of my own, like not paying attention before. Well, well, and maybe it's evidence that we all have some ability to control what messages we are absorbing and like how we partake in that conversation, that part of the conversation. And, um, I will say, I think that advertisers have gotten really smart about the way they are doing outreach to women of all ages, um, women of all body types. And, you know, you do definitely see all shapes, sizes, complexions, and all of that represented in some corners, (laughs) but not all, you know, it's not, it's not universal. And I think we do have a lot of control over how we, um, set up our feeds, let's say to, to kind of show us that diversity. But yeah. I don't know that I don't know if that means it's everywhere. I really don't know because I'm not I'm not everywhere. I'm not right. paying attention to everything. Turns out we're not we cannot comment on all of diet culture or body culture. Right. Um yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we've probably self-selected into which slice of the conversation we're experiencing right now. Um and that is a good reminder that we all have that ability. If the conversation, if you don't like that, the conversation, or it doesn't feel like it's healthy or serving you, there might be a different, a different conversation for you. Yeah. And I also think, um, because you mentioned ability, I mean, we can't, it goes without saying, but, but we can't say it because it's not our experience that all the things we've talked about that we want our bodies to be able to do for some people, they, they won't, or they won't consistently. There's a lot of people with um, invisible disabilities where they, you know, they're walking around. It looks like are able to do all the things that, you know, I can do throughout a day, but run out of energy or in chronic pain or um, have days where they can't get out of bed. And like that is reality, uh, not for us, but for a lot of people. So it's like that's part of that's part of the conversation, too. And I guess it, it would be like, what is the way that that person what's the path that person goes on to accept that reality? I don't know, but I just think yeah. it's worth mentioning that that is I'm glad, reality. Yeah. I'm glad you people. mentioned that too. And I don't remember if we mentioned it six years ago, but there's a lot of body image stuff that goes along with fertility, pregnancy, yeah. breastfeeding, a lot of shame. And again, talk about invisibility. Um, if you are of childbearing age, wish to bear a child and your body is n- not cooperating or not doing the thing you want. I mean, it's, it's right back to that, that whole thing I talked about with relationship with like what the mind wants and what the body can or cannot do can be 
really, really hard. Um, yeah. And same thing with breastfeeding, same thing with delivering, maybe giving birth the way that you had that you wanted. So we didn't even touch on that. You and I are now far removed and we were able to carry babies and deliver them. Um, yeah. But I know that's a big piece of this as well. It has nothing to do with size or weight, but is very much tied into relationship with your body, especially for moms. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I feel like we could probably do five more episodes um, just on this topic because it is so it's just it's comprehensive and um, there's just a lot to it. But yeah, this is where we're going to leave it today. We have a fun episode coming up this Tuesday about kids and crushes and romance in honor of Sarah's birthday. Yeah, all, all about me, which also happens to be Valentine's Day yes. on Tuesday. Yeah, so we will talk to everybody then. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you liked today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. We have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.